Well, hello there, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan with PureAndSimpleBible.com, back once again for another great interview, this time with Hayden Ayers, and I'm really looking forward to a great Bible conversation that we're going to have on John chapter 21. You know, Peter denied Jesus three times, and interestingly enough, Jesus asked Peter after the resurrection, Peter, do you love me? Three times. Hayden's going to talk about this and help us all understand a little bit more what's going on in this conversation. So let's jump right into it, shall we? I'm here in studio with Hayden Ayers from the glorious state of Oklahoma. I'm so glad <laughs> I could have an Oklahoman in studio with me. I'm surrounded by Texans. So all the Texans who listen to my show are now going to be upset and never come mm -hmm. back. But thank you for coming in today. I'm grateful to have you. I'm thankful to be here, brother. Well, uh, let's see. You are studying to be an evangelist. Is that correct? That's right. I'm studying with Alan in, at 21st Street in Oklahoma City. Okay. Um, so it's been great. I just wanted to say it's been great to be here. I've only, you know, been over at your house for one night, but so far <laughs> the uh, the hospitality has been has been awesome, brother. Uh, now I'm I'm gonna expose you uh -oh. in front of hundreds of listeners. Uh oh. Um, I this morning when I walked out to come into your study or your your studio, uh, I stepped out in the back, you know, in this general direction of this right. this you know fabled studio, <laughs> and I saw a shed. <laughs> And I thought, this can't be it. And I walked back inside, and I talked to your wife. I said, where is the studio again? And she said, oh, just walk into the shed. Just walk in the shed. Keep walking. There's yeah. a door there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, And sure enough, I walk into this shed, and I'm thinking, there's no way. Right. And I hear voices from behind the door <laughs> thinking, are you serious? And I open the door, and there's there's a studio there. So Yeah, that's where uh, I keep all the bodies. It's the, it's the, <laughs> yeah. it's the hidden room in my garage. Yeah, well, don't open, yeah, don't open door B. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, well, thank you. I'm glad that my famous studio uh, is well hidden. <laughs> I like it that way. That way my neighbors, they don't know what's going on. They mm -hmm. just think I have this uh, 24 by 14 barn for my lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, have you have you noticed Jonathan recently? He's just, he goes into that, <laughs> into that shed for hours at a time, and I wonder what he's doing in there. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I guess they could come look in the, this window and see. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're here, and um, you have brought a study for us to talk about today called Lovest Thou Me More Than These, mm. the old King James way of saying, That's right. do you love me more than these? It's from John chapter 21. I thought maybe you might begin by fleshing out some of the context of the chapter. So we're going to be talking about Jesus and a series of questions that he asks Peter Mm. What's going on before they sit down and chat? What happens in John 21 up up to verse 15? Yeah, well, starting in verse 1, we just kind of read that uh, the setting here, and and we read that Peter and uh, some other disciples, they the night before, uh, they go out and they, they go out to fish, and they catch nothing. They're fishing all night long, and they mm -hmm. catch nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, well, morning comes, and uh, Jesus appears to them. Right, and they don't recognize him at first, and you know I've always wondered why this is. Uh, several times when Jesus, after his death, appeared to people, 
they don't recognize him at first. I don't know if it's if it's because, you know, his his heavenly body looks different. I don't know if it's because he's disguising himself to, to right. test their hearts. Uh, but either way, they don't recognize him, and uh, he he asks them, "Well, did you did you catch any food?" And they said, "No." And he said, "Hey, you know," points to the the right side of the boat, and they say, "Hey, uh, cast your net over here." And they cast their net, and it's you know it's overflowing with fish, and that's how they know it's Jesus, right? Because this isn't the first time he's done that. Peter right. experienced Jesus uh, fishing advice from the mm-hmm. sidelines before, and with similar results. Right, and and there's a there's a funny line that I that I like here in uh, in verse seven. Uh, they say, you know, after after they realize it's Jesus, it says therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, talking about John, John talking about himself, always mm-hmm. says the disciple whom Jesus loved, which I like, you know, I think that's funny right. to begin with. But uh, he he said to Peter, "Is the Lord?" And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on he he put on his outer garment uh, and plunged into the sea. You know, he jumped into the sea, but it, it it in the next verse, you know, it says the disciples came in a little boat for they were not far from the land. It makes that <laughs> that distinction. So it's kind of like, well, Peter, you didn't, you know, we're not that far from the land. You could have helped us you like row in or, the, or yeah, fishing, <laughs> yeah. Bro. So it's just kind of a a you know a good. A, it's a testament to Peter's attitude. I think most of the time he's such a a brash. You know, he kind of just just jumps out there and. Right. Uh, now we uh, mentioned this earlier in private conversation, but we can share it with others as well. You've you've made that point that uh he's kind of one of the more relatable mm. apostles for that very reason. He seems to jump in head first. Sometimes he doesn't think before he speaks. That's right. Uh he kind of says what's on his heart. And several can relate to that. Not everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people I, are shy, but others of us, maybe you and me, are loud yeah. and stick our foot in the mouth. I, I know. <laughs> I I definitely relate with Peter. And I think a lot of people do for the same reason that, you know, he just kind of. A lot of times, we see a lot of instances in the Bible where he just kind of throws it out. Mm-hmm. Whatever's on his mind, he just throws it out. Whether it's you know right or wrong, sometimes he's praised for it, sometimes he's condemned for right. it. Uh, but you know, he doesn't really have. A filter. He just kind of throws it out. So, well, when he gets to shore, right? So he's going to get there earlier than the rest who are mm. probably grumbling about him <laughs> not helping. No doubt. And then they get there. Uh, set the scene for me before we get to the questions. What What does he find when he walks up on shore? Well, we'll just. Uh, I'll just read from verse eleven to fourteen. Okay. Uh, so Simon Peter went up and dragged the net. To the land full of large fish, 153 fish in one net cast. Mm. Uh, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to him, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them. And likewise, the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So think about the setting here. It's it's early in the morning by the seashore. Right. Uh, Jesus has just appeared to the disciples for the third time, and they're mm-hmm. eating in silence, just waiting to hear what Jesus is going to say. Uh, then he, you know, he breaks the silence in John twenty-one fifteen, which says, is our main right. What we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what is the question that he breaks the silence with? Yeah. So, so in in John twenty-one fifteen, he he just breaks that silence and says. Uh, John twenty one fifteen says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? 
Wow, what a what a way to break the silence. Right, Just calling him out. It was, and there's uh, context to him asking this question. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'd like to ask maybe you subjectively, and uh, others can maybe ask themselves, how do you think Peter felt whenever he heard this question? Yeah, I mean, and it's that's a relevant question. I mean, Jesus is singling Peter out. I mean, I imagine for a moment after he asked this question, you could probably hear a pin drop <laughs> in the sand. Yeah. You know, uh, it probably just went dead silent for a few seconds. Uh, a lot of side-eye glances from the yeah. other apostles that are like, uh-huh. yeah, you were the one who said that you'd never leave him. Right. You. I mean, you could probably <laughs> hear just Peter's thumping heartbeat. I mean, I know you would, you'd be able to hear mine if I was in his situation. Well, I guess... Let me ask you, why did he ask Peter that? Why didn't he ask James or John or Andrew, you know, any of the others? Why did he ask this of Peter? Well, uh, if we go back in time a few days, uh, we know that Peter denied Jesus three times on the day that he died. Mm-hmm. The accounts of Peter's denial are found in, in Matthew 26, mm-hmm. uh, Mark chapter 14, Luke chapter 22, and of course, John chapter 18. Right. And the, the cool part, I think, about there being four Gospels is that often they, they give account of the same stories, and uh, Peter's denial of the Lord is understood in a very unique way, I think, uh, because, because and I encourage everybody to go and study each of the Gospels' accounts, uh, but it's understood in a unique way because all four Gospels give really different accounts. They give very different details. Let, and, me, let me pause you right there, because mm-hmm. my mind is kind of going in a different direction than only Peter at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question that's not in the notes. Why do you think there's four Gospels? Why not just one narrative that definitively tells the story? Why does it need to be told four times from four different points of view? Well, we know from from the Bible, you know, from, from Old Testament and New Testament, that it takes uh, at least two people you know, to be a witness. Right. Uh, it takes two, two to be a witness. For, for evidence or testimony to be credible, it took at least two witnesses. Right. Okay? And, and so I think, you know, just personally, the reason that there are four Gospels is because, you know, it's just two times two, basically. That's it's, a good answer. Good point. I'm going to take it a step further, if I may, and add this. You know, in, in a court of law, the more witnesses you have, the more credible the story is. Mm-hmm. But if all stories are identical, there's suddenly going to be a lot of eyebrows raised. You're know, like, that's right. Did they get together beforehand and, and just talk it out? Or think about a test, like a high school test or whatever. Somebody in the Scantrons are all exactly the same. They missed the same ones. They right. got the same ones right. People are going to say they did this. on It's coordinated. But there's enough similarities and differences. And uh, we're not talking about contradictions. We're just talking about different observations that the, that each one's make. There's enough difference that their testimony is valid, but it's obvious that it, they they came upon the story independently and didn't mm. the four guys get together and hash it all out in a coffee shop about or a tea shop, whatever. Right. They might have. Well, I don't I don't know that they had coffee and tea shops back in the day, brother. But I get the I get the point. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that's part of the you know the beauty of the gospels is that uh, if they were you know if they were any more different than each other it would be unbelievable i think mm-hmm. but if they were any uh, you know at the same time if they were any closer to each other i right. think it would be unbelievable so right. 
Well, thank you for going down that rabbit hole sure. with me on just the, the, the fourfold gospel. But let's maybe jump back into Peter now, specifically mm. about his denial of Christ. So all four talk about it. They, Like you said, they give a, a, a different witness or a different account of the same story. So that means different elements of his denial um, are brought up in, in, in each account. So maybe you could give us some snippets or a picture of what happens when we put all these together. Sure. So so in these accounts, you'll read that as Jesus was being led to his trial, uh, Peter kind of followed at a distance. Uh, and as he follows, people start to recognize him. Uh, now it's it's nearing dark. It's getting cold out. Right. And he finds himself warming up around a fire with some soldiers and some other servants. Uh, one of those servants recognizes him and uh, she stares him down saying, this man was a follower. And Peter right. denies it. And when he denies it, it's almost like his denial works the opposite, right? Mm, because right. I don't know what a Galilean would sound like as compared to a Jew from the, <laughs> the South, but it's kind of like, you know, somebody from the sticks being like, hey, y'all, I wasn't with him, you know? <laughs> yeah. So wait a yep. minute, you're a, you're a Galilean, uh-huh. that gives it away. <laughs> what happens next? Yeah, well, Mark Mark fourteen sixty eight says the rooster crowed the first time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, why this didn't get through Peter's thick skull, uh, you know, I'll never understand. Uh, because if you'll remember that morning, Jesus prophesied that this would happen. Right. Uh, he he prophesied saying, "Before the rooster crows twice, you, Peter, will deny me three times." Mm-hmm. It happens back in Mark fourteen twenty seven. So this first one's like a warning crow right yeah and that i mean that that rooster was looking out for him i think <laughs> it really was it, it gave that set that first uh-huh. that first crow early uh-huh. uh, the rooster knew yeah uh <laughs> i think that's that's funny but uh and jesus says to to the disciples all of you this is mark fourteen twenty seven, he says all of you are going to be made to stumble tonight mm. uh, and peter being the man that he is says uh even if i uh or if he, even if all were made to stumble lord right. not i uh, and you know, I just, I just think that rooster was really looking out for Peter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Peter didn't get it because as you read, uh, he's, he's recognized two more times and he denies Jesus both times. Right. Uh, and after that third denial, you know, that old rooster crowed a second time. He even says in, I believe it may be the book of Matthew that he starts to call down curses on himself. Right. He's using some pretty foul language. Mm hmm. And in his denial. That's right. Can we pause here again and just reflect on how do you think Peter felt as an old man looking back on this? You know, have you thought about how Peter's account is going to be preached on? Yeah. While he's alive. Yeah. And so as others, you know, start to know the story and tell Mm. the story, Peter's denial is going to be very common in the gospel presentation or during the, the communion ceremony that congregations would have and so what do you think it must have been like for him to uh, be an old man sitting in the crowd listening to his own account well i mean (laughs) it it has to be uh, humbling it has to be humbling but i mean i think a lot of us have experienced similar things at least a lot of us who are christians uh you know have denied jesus in in different ways in the past Mm -hmm. and you know you kind of just you have to you have to come to a realization that you know this did happen. Uh, I did do this, uh, but I'm I'm moving on now. Right. Um, and maybe maybe those those consequences uh, 
they're still catching up to me. Maybe yeah. s- people are, are learning of what I've done and they're treating me differently because of it. But uh, all that matters now is that I'm I'm changed and right. I've repented um, and I'm, I'm moving on. So. We have to have a healthy mindset about our sin in that way. I'm glad you've said that. Mm. You know, we're speculating about Peter sitting there maybe cringing when he hears his own story. But frankly, I think that the best mental and spiritual health you could have would be to find closure Mm. in that you have greatly sinned. And even though you're a great sinner, there's a great Savior. So whenever he does free you from that sin, as the book of John says, when Jesus, uh, I believe it's John chapter 8, those whom the Son has set free are free indeed. Mm. And so that, that phrase, it's like you don't have to wallow as a slave if the Son has set you free. Yeah, so there's appreciate there's, your freedom. There's a song that that is is based on those those lyrics and man or the that passage and we have it in our new songbook this weekend meeting. No that kidding. We're about to do. It's no kidding. Who you say that I am? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Joey Hickey arranged it. Oh man, we're about to have some powerful singing. Um, I believe if I can do a shout out to somebody else who's on SoundCloud. Andrew Martin has. Yeah, I bet you have too. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't recorded okay, it. Okay, Andrew Martin has recorded "Who You Say That I Am." So anybody out there who listens on SoundCloud, go to the search bar, put in Andrew Martin, "Who You Say That I Am," and like mm. you said, the lyrics in that are fantastic. Peter's denied him three times. Let's, right. Let's, let's cir- get back on track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll find out that I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty tangential thinker. Well, like Jonathan, you've, so. you've come to the right, you've come to the right studio. <laughs> yeah. for this. But if we circle back to Peter, he's hmm. denied him three times. The rooster crows. I believe there's a little bit more to the narrative. What happens right. after the second crowing? Yeah. Well, I I think the worst part about all this is that Jesus is within eyesight mm-hmm. you know uh, Luke twenty two sixty one says that when the rooster crowed the Lord turned and looked at Peter right so Peter knew what he did it doesn't say that Peter looked back mm-hmm. so I guess we're, we're left to speculate if sure. they had if they connected eyes but I, I choose to believe they did and the scriptures describe pretty well what you know how it felt his think, reaction, yeah. Because uh, it, it, the scriptures say he turned away and wept bitterly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I think personally that that there was that eye connection, and I think that's the reason why Peter Peter realized what he's done, and he he knows the Lord knows what he's done, right? And he weeps bitterly. You you have an application to this. Right. So uh, tell me about it. Well, just, you know, as a, a quick side note, uh, if you're really following Jesus in your life, people are going to recognize you. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going to see that you look different. I mean, you talk different. You act different. Like Peter. P- Peter talked different. Peter right. act differently. I mean, it it was his attitude and, and the way he carried himself and the way he talked that, that you know, really did him in. Uh and you may be tempted, just like Peter was, to deny the Lord. Right. Uh, but don't do it. It's not worth it. I'm transitioning into middle age. Maybe I already am, depending on the age of people who are listening to this. Some people are probably chuckling because they think I'm, I'll be young forever. And others are probably chuckling because they thought I was old you know, 10 <laughs> years ago. But uh, our kids are age 9, 7, and 5. And... They are learning, even though none of them are Christians. You know, they're just children of God. They're still innocent. But uh, 
there in public school and they're different and they're starting to recognize, hey, there's something about the way my family lives that's not it's not congruent with most of my classmates. Sure. And now the struggle is real. You probably heard this at breakfast this morning, but one of our kids struggles with praying mm. for their lunch. Mm. And they've talked to me about how they feel embarrassed because none of their friends pray for their lunch. And so we're trying to encourage and show them that if you love Jesus and you're you're thankful for your food, then you should let God know. And uh, anyway, it, the language, the things that she, that they say, that they, the way that they act at school, it's really becoming real, yeah, for them. And so that's what I think about when you know when you said uh, people were able to see pretty quickly the difference between Peter and and themselves with this, I guess, narrative coming to an end. Peter denies him, uh, goes out and weeps bitterly. Now, the, the narrative will move on with Jesus' crucifixion, mm. but that's kind of the end of Peter until the resurrection. Right. So m- let's maybe consider uh, some similarities or parallels that you have seen here about Peter's denial before we jump back into John 21. Right. Uh, take it away. Well, you see, what what Jesus is about to do in our in our main text is he's he's about to just masterfully remind Peter of his fault in front of everybody without even mentioning it. He doesn't even mention what Peter's done. Right. If you if you look at the text, uh, and and here's how he does it. Oh, you're gonna have to come back next week if you want to hear the second part and the rest of the conversation on John chapter twenty one. Lovest thou me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Until then, you can go to the website and look up a lot of great resources that are yours to use to download absolutely free. There's also workbooks that you can purchase there and have them sent to your house so that you can start doing Bible studies with people in your neighborhood, in your family, uh, members of the church, etc. Great resources for private Bible studies. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much. I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me.